Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. My name is Colin, and I'll be your conference operator today. At this time, I'd like to welcome everyone to the Ann Lauer Healthcare Group 2020 fourth quarter and year-end results conference call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. Please be aware that certain information discussed today may be forward-looking in nature. Such forward-looking information reflects the company's current views with respect to future events. Any such information is subject to risk, uncertainties, and assumptions that could cause actual results to differ materially from those projected in the forward-looking information. Uh, for more information on the risk, uncertainties, and assumptions relating to forward-looking information, please refer to the company's latest MDNA and annual information form, which are available on CDAR. Uh, management may also uh, refer to certain non-IFRS financial measures, Although the company believes these measures provide useful supplemental information about financial performance, they are not uh, recognized measures and uh, do not have standardized meanings under IFRS. Uh, please see the company's latest uh, MDNA for I additional information regarding non-IFRS financial measures, uh, including for reconciliations to the nearest IFRS measures. Please note that unless otherwise stated, all references to any financial measures are in Canadian dollars. Following management's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. This call is being recorded on February 25th, 2021. I would now like to turn the conference over to Michael Anbauer. Please go ahead. Well, thank you, Colin, and good morning, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us today. And with me on the call today, I got Peter Bromley, Chief Financial Officer. Following my remarks, uh, Peter will follow with a more detailed discussion of our financial performance, and then I'll conclude with comments on our outlook and growth strategy, and then we'll open up the lines to any questions. Um, we're extremely pleased with our performance in Q4 and for all of 2020, our first full year as a public company. We continue to demonstrate strong organic growth from our core businesses and attractive EBITDA margins which reflects our focus on steadily growing healthcare sector in Canada and our strong competitive position in providing specialized transportation and logistics services within it. During the year, we further enhanced our platform with significant facility and route expansions, including our, our uh, new uh, and moved in 220,000 square foot uh, state-of-the-art facility in Brampton and continued growth and expansion of our dedicated and last mile delivery product line. We completed our first acquisitions as a public company at the beginning of Q4 with the purchase of TDS Logistics and McAllister Courier, two regionally focused temperature controlled transportation businesses. These complementary tuck-ins have increased the reach of our temperature controlled services and further expanded our market presence in rural Ontario. A couple of days ago, we announced our first major acquisition as we entered into definitive agreements to acquire 100% of Skelton Canada and 49% of Skelton USA 
for a total aggregate consideration of approximately $114.7 million, subject to customary working capital adjustments. We expect the acquisitions to be immediately accretive to cash flow and earnings per share. Skelton Canada was founded in 1962 and has grown to be a leading transportation partner in the Canadian pharmaceutical, blood services, and biologics industry with nationwide reach and a fleet of approximately 100 vehicles and 120 trailers offering validated temperature control, state-of-the-art security systems, and real-time shipment monitoring. The company also provides cross-border services into 32 U.S. states from its terminal in Toronto and Montreal. Skelton Canada is a Canadian leader in the 2 to 8 degree uh, Celsius shipments, so we're significantly expanding our capacity in that particular area. Skelton Canada generated approximately $11 million of EBITDA in calendar 2020 with margins comparable to those of Amblar Healthcare Group. Skelton USA was launched in 2017 as a result of the, their pharmaceutical customers pulling them into the domestic U.S. market. It has been growing rapidly through successfully leveraging the Skelton Company quality assurance reputation and brand for cold chain expertise. Skelton USA's fleet currently serves customers in California, Illinois, Indiana, Georgia, North Carolina, and Pennsylvania. Our acquisition of a minority interest in Skelton USA allows us to gently enter into the U.S. market by partnering with an existing, well-established operator. Skelton USA generated approximately $2.5 million of EBITDA in 2020 with significant year-over-year growth, but a lower margin relative to AHG in Skelton Canada. The Skelton companies will join AHG's comprehensive platform of dedicated healthcare supply chain solutions and continue to operate independently, led by President North America Ron Skelton and Vice President Mike Skelton. We will finance the acquisitions through a combination of cash on hand and by drawing $75 million on our credit facilities and issuing $25 million of subordinate voting shares to the shareholders of Skelton companies. The acquisitions are expected to close on or around March 1st this year. I'm really proud of the continued success of our team which has achieved since our IPO while dealing with a challenging operating environment due to the pandemic. As you know, COVID-19 has been a huge disruption for most companies, including many of our clients. Throughout this difficult period, our business has shown incredible resilience in meeting and exceeding our operating budgets while continuing to successfully advance the three components of our growth strategy, including strengthening our clients' connection to our platform by constantly improving and broadening our service offerings, increasing our capacity to attract both new clients and new business, and pursuing a strategic acquisitions to further expand our platform. I'd now like to turn the call over to Peter to review our financial performance in more detail. Thank you, Michael, and, and good morning, everyone. Uh, revenue for Q4 2020 increased 13.1% to $86.6 million compared with $76.6 million in Q4 last year. Our acquisitions of TDS Logistics and McAllister Courier accounted for approximately $5.5 million of the $10 million increase. Revenue for our healthcare logistics segment totaled $30 million, an increase of 8.8% compared with Q4 a year ago. The increase was attributable to greater inbound product volume, storage and handling activities in our logistics and distribution product line related to existing contracts, and the implementation of a significant new client contract in July. 
This growth was partially offset by 19.8% decline in our packaging product line due to the temporary reduction in operating capacity that was necessitated by safety measures we implemented in March 2020 in connection with the COVID-19 pandemic, including limiting the number of associates in our operations to allow for physical distancing in accordance with public health guidelines. Revenue in our specialized transportation segment totaled $56.6 million in the quarter, an increase of 15.5% from Q4 last year. The increase was attributable to 5.9% growth in our ground transportation product line, driven by higher client volumes, $1 million of incremental volume from our McAllister Courier acquisition, and year-over-year growth in our air freight forwarding and dedicated and last-mile delivery product lines of 16.3% and 127.4% respectively. Growth in air freight forwarding was attributable to contractual price increases, including new surcharges implemented by our air carriers in connection with revised Transport Canada hours of service-based pilot safety rules, and approximately a 15% increase in volume. Growth in our dedicated and last mile delivery reflects $4.5 million of incremental revenue from our TDS logistics acquisition, with the remaining $1.7 million increase attributable to expanded client routes. Looking now to our expenses, our cost of transportation and services for Q4 2020 was $38.5 million, or 44.5% of revenue, compared with $32.6 million, or 42.6% of revenue in Q4 a year ago. The higher cost of transportation and services operating ratio for Q4 reflects the addition of TDS logistics and McAllister courier cost profiles, partially offset by lower fuel costs in line with the decrease in revenue related to fuel, and savings achieved through effective management of our variable costs as volume increased approximately 3.5% from Q4 last year. Direct operating expenses were $18.8 million for the quarter, or 21.7% of revenue, compared with $18.6 million, or 24.3% of revenue in Q4 last year. We incurred certain incremental costs in connection with our COVID-19 response measures, including additional cleaning activities for, for facilities and equipment, expenses for PPE, and other measures impacting productivity. However, these incremental costs were mitigated through effective productivity management and other cost controls. We continued to qualify for the, for the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy Program in connection with our packaging operations in the quarter, with a total of $600,000 recognized as, an increase, or, or as a reduction of the direct operating expenses as a result of the support received from SUES. SG&A expenses for the quarter were $7.3 million, or 8.4% of revenue, compared with $7.5 million, or 9.8% of revenue in Q4 last year. SG&A expenses for Q4 2020 include share-based compensation arrangements of approximately $800,000, compared with $1.4 million in Q4 of 2019. These share-based compensation arrangements relate to the initial stock option grants to our directors and senior management team as well as deferred share unit grants made to our board of directors. A further $300,000 is included in Q4 2020 SG&A expenses for incremental costs associated with being a public company, compared to $900,000 in Q4 last year. Operating income was $14.3 million in the quarter, an increase of 25.8% from Q4 last year, 
primarily reflecting the, reflecting the strong growth in total revenue, which exceeded the 10.9% increase in total operating expenses. Net income and comprehensive income for the quarter increased by 96% to $13.9 million from $7.1 million in Q4 2019. The increase reflects deferred income tax recovery of $4.3 million in Q4 2020 and higher segment net income before eliminations from both our healthcare logistics and specialized transportation operating segments. EBITDA for Q4 2020 increased by 23.9% to $22 million from $17.7 million in Q4 last year. Certain SG&A expenses and other costs related to our IPO contributed to lower EBITDA margins in Q4 last year, but the performance of our two operating segments continued to result in strong and stable EBITDA margins at the higher end of our historical range. EBITDA margin for Q4 2020 was 25.4%, up 23.1% from last year, or up from 23.1% last year, excuse me. Uh, Operating approximately 0.7% of the higher Q4 2020 EBITDA margin is attributable to support received from the CU's program. For the full year fiscal 2020, total revenue increased 8.4% to $314.3 million. Operating income increased 13.2% to $50.9 million. Net income and comprehensive income increased 24.3% to $37.7 million. EBITDA increased 11.8% to $78.9 million. And EBITDA margin was 25.1%, up from 24.3% in 2019. Turning now to our balance sheet, as at December 31st, 2020, we had cash and cash equivalents of $30.1 million, and our working capital position was $44.4 million. This compares to cash and cash equivalents of $18.7 million and working capital of $30.6 million at at 2019 year-end, reflecting the strong cash flows generated by our business. In connection with the skeleton acquisitions, we have entered into an agreement with our lenders to increase the size of our credit facilities. The amended facilities will now consist of a revolving credit facility in the aggregate principal amount of up to $100 million and a term facility in the aggregate principal amount of up to $50 million. I'd now like to turn the call back to, over to Michael for closing comments. Michael. Thanks, Peter. Um, <clears throat> So in wrapping up, we're very excited about the, the skeleton acquisition and the potential opportunities for growth that exists going forward. Uh, we look forward to, to the opportunity to continue the Skeleton Canada brand and legacy under the AHG umbrella. Skeleton shares the same values, the same deep commitment to the customer and the same commitment to one another as we do here at Andlauer Healthcare Group. Our minority stake in Skeleton USA provides us with a strategic entry into the large US market and we look forward to learning and working with Skelton to drive future growth south of the border. In terms of the ongoing pandemic, our management team continues to meet regularly to assess our business continuity plans, and we are in constant communication with our warehouse personnel, our frontline front line drivers, owner-operators delivering to the ones in need, and everyone in the supply chain, all of whom who have adapted and fully conformed to the changes communicated through our platform from coast to coast. We'll continue to monitor COVID-19 and are continuing to adapt quickly as risk levels rise due to the variant nature of the virus. Speaking of the pandemic, we're also being looked upon in different ways with respect to the logistics of the COVID vaccine in Canada, whether it be through our credo packaging where we've had orders from eight provinces, one territory, PHAC, Corrections Canada, 
as well as pharmacy distributors and even Pfizer, or by being awarded the contract by the Ontario government to warehouse and transport the COVID vaccine, as well as the value-added services products that go with it. We're working locally with provincial health units in Ontario and Alberta to deliver to hospitals or redistribute to other points, including long-term care facilities. We expect continued growth in 2021, supported by the ongoing organic growth, a full-year contributions from our acquisitions of TDS and McAllister, and of course, contributions from both Skelton Canada and the interest in Skelton USA. We also expect to continue to support the COVID vaccine distribution, particularly during the Q2 and Q3, uh, where the vaccines will finally start to grace our country by the millions. Looking ahead, we will remain focused on the growth strategies which I have which have made 2020 our first year as a public company so successful. That concludes our formal remarks, and now I'd like to open up the lines for questions. Colin, please commence the Q&A. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll now begin the question and answer session. Uh, should you have a question, uh, please press star followed by one on your touchtone phone. You'll hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request, and your questions will be polled in the order they are received. Should you wish to decline from the polling process, please press star, followed by two. If you're using a speakerphone, please lift the handset before pressing any keys. Your first question comes from uh, Kevin Chang from uh, CIBC. Kevin, please go ahead. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc easter is just around the corner and what better way to celebrate the spring season than with a Mickey couture blanket whether you're gathering with family for an easter egg hunt or just enjoying a quiet day at home minky blankets are the perfect addition to your easter festivities made with ultra soft and luxurious materials these blankets will keep you cozy and comfortable, while their stylish designs will add a touch of spring to your day. And with a wide range of colors and patterns to choose from, there's a minky blanket for everyone. So this Easter, make your day even brighter with a minky couture blanket. Head to minkycouture.com now and find your perfect blanket just in time for Easter. Happy Easter from Minky Couture. Hi, good morning, Michael and Peter. Thanks for all the details there, and congratulations on the Skelton acquisition that closes next week. Maybe, maybe we could we could focus on the acquisition and specifically on on the the U.S. opportunity. You know, you have a 49% interest. It looks like you have an option to to to, to purchase the remaining 51%. Just wanted to get some details on on how that option is structured. Is it, is it a put call option? Is there a time frame we should be thinking about when that should be exercised? And, and is there a set price 
uh, as to when that when you decide to exercise or if you decide to exercise that option, you know what what that what that strike price would look like. Uh, yeah, so the the option is definitely to our favor uh, within a certain time frame uh, uh, to uh, to call. Um, the it's pretty simple. It's it's uh, on the uh, similar terms of of the first forty nine percent, and uh, that's you know that's basically it really from from uh, from from the option. Uh, it's very flexible from our standpoint. Um, and uh, like I alluded to in my uh, opening uh, remarks, uh, there are some learnings, uh, and um, but we're excited to get into the U.S. market. I know investment community is always asked, well, you know, are you looking in the U.S.? I, I've always said that if it, if something falls uh, if, is right, then we will we will uh, we will look at it. Uh, and interestingly enough, you know, Skelton USA, Kevin. Uh, got into the U.S. market because they were pulled uh, by their uh, Canadian clientele, who are also in the United States, uh, with the with the expertise and 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 uh, specialized uh, transportation that they provide today for, for those the similar clients in Canada. Actually, just on that, you, you, uh, as a follow-up question, in terms in terms of what Skelton's been able to do in the U.S., is it is it is it still primarily, um, I guess, uh, uh, providing the service that, that, as you mentioned, was pulled from their Canadian customers as they look for a, a supply chain solution in, in their U.S. operations, or has Skeleton been able to expand on that and 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 build a customer book of of customers uh, uh, where they just have a, where they where they're just offering a U.S. service? So they started in 2017. Um, uh, to provide domestic servicing in the United States, so for them it was a, it, it was a you know it was a learning curve, uh, obviously and continues to be for that matter, uh, and they were the the requirements were more on a truckload basis uh, from from manufacturer to uh, to distributor, um, not as complex as what they are able to offer here in Canada. Uh, where they have consolidation facilities, uh, warehousing, um, some uh, some warehousing, uh, and um, other government uh, initiatives, including uh, Canadian Blood Services um, uh, contract. Um, the so that's that's to the extent of it. Um, I think the opportunity lies uh, going forward is to to you know to. It's growing very quickly. That portion alone is growing quite rapidly. Um, it's a matter of getting equipment on the road, um, uh, people, you know, validated equipment and trained and 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 the likes. Uh, so I think it's 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 a it's a it's a high growing piece of the business. Uh, but we, you know, it's one of those like that head and shoulders commercial. You only get one chance to make a first good impression. Uh, it, it's uh, you want to do it right, and uh, their their commitment to quality uh, is is you know uh, the same uh, as as AHG and, and uh, their 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 operators first uh, minded, uh, and um, uh, that's that's you know so I see a huge opportunity, uh, especially with some of our clients uh, on the. Particularly on the 3PL side, there will be 
but it's one of those, you know, take it one day at a time. Well, that's, that's helpful. And just last one for me before I turn it over. I mean, your packaging business has been the most impacted by the pandemic because of the social distance, distancing rules. When I think about that, do you just see that revenue coming back to pre-pandemic levels as some of these restrictions ease, or, or do you need to rebuild that book of business uh, just, just given what's happened over the past year? Yeah, interestingly enough, um, we've, we've, the, our clients have been very tolerant and respectful. Um, um, I mean, case in point, we, we, just, we just had a, a situation in one of our facilities where we've had, we had uh, and we've been really good with the cases, contact tracing and all. And we had an incident where we had three uh, people test positive uh, with the variant. Um, we immediately shut the, uh, we didn't have to. Uh, there was enough contact tracing, but we just thought we, we wanted to shut it down. It was actually a distribution. We were, we were uh, you know, it was consumer products that we were, you know, for the summer that we were co-packing. And frankly, um, we look at priorities. <laughs> and that, that was a priority. And, and uh, it's, you know, and everybody came back with negative tests and, and, and we were back in business. But we had to basically shut her down for a week. Um, uh, we take that seriously, and I believe the customers, our customers, are respectful of that. Uh, I, um, with that business, we'll come back. Absolutely, um, okay. I've got no doubt in my mind. No, that's that, that's super helpful. Call I'll pass it on here, and, and, and kudos to a solid 2020 there. Thank you very much. Thank you, Kevin. Your next question comes from uh, Konark Gupta from Scotia Bank. Please go ahead. Thanks and uh, good morning, everyone, and, and congrats uh, on on the Skeleton acquisition. Um, so maybe uh, you know just digging into that acquisition uh, for a second here. Um, if you can uh, help us understand, like how how did this acquisition come about? Like who approached whom? Um, it was a rainy day. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just. Uh, <laughs> um, it, it was. Uh, it's. It's been long-standing uh, relationship, either as as, as competitors, um, uh, but they they were actually in the pharmaceutical industry well before uh, Andlauer Healthcare Group uh, decided to take health, to focus strictly on healthcare, um, uh, which was probably 11, 12 years ago. Um, they they were the standard. Um, and particularly on the two to eight, and still are the standard on the two to eight uh, degree. Um, um, they're also uh, our second largest supplier for transport for Acuristics. Uh, so they're a, a big supplier of ours. We and Acuristics is a big customer of theirs. Um, um, so there's a knowledge base. Um, both companies attend uh, uh, healthcare conferences, uh, so we understand it, and, and there's a mutual respect, uh, and probably because of the similar values that we we hold uh, with respect to how we treat customers, uh, the importance of quality, um, and the fact that they're a family business, and, and uh, you know my uh, my love for drivers. Uh, Frontline, uh, and uh, there's there's a there's a definitely an alignment there. So 
it was uh, it was an uh, it was um, uh, Larry Skelton, who the founder, who is you know basically he's 80 years old today, and and um, uh, looked at uh, maybe what his options were, and um, uh, after uh, having met uh, at uh, actually uh, his son's house. Um, we uh, we recognized that we had uh, it was the right fit, uh, or they recognized it was the right fit. Um, uh, there's no doubt they were attractive for other um, uh, larger uh, international freight forwarder uh, players. Um, but uh, like I said, to me, it's, it, to I guess to them as well, it's it's about the the fit and 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 the succession. You. There are uh, six skeletons in the family, uh, two two sons and four grandchildren uh, that are that play a, a, a big part of that business, and um, uh, um, so I think that was that was a key part of the decision. No, that that makes sense. So that sounds like a perfect marriage uh, there. Uh, so uh, if if you can uh, also help them understand about the customer. Uh, contracts at Skelton, uh, and how does uh, how do they compare or contrast versus your contracts in terms of you know uh, what kind of terms they have that are different than yours, and did you plan to bring them on board with your own kind of terms and structure? So how how, how should we think about the customer relationship uh, going forward, uh, and and what it is currently? Interestingly enough, Conarch, we have a lot of similar customer relationships um, because of their specialty in the two, two to eight, uh, and 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 you know it, it's a very sticky business. Once once you um, you know procurement is one thing, but quality is 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 most important um, uh, in in a pharmaceuticals uh, company's uh, eyes. Um, and uh, once you provide the service and uh, you're qualified by the QA, um, you have to have a reason to change. Um, their network and their knowledge and their equipment uh, on the two to eight uh, has allowed them to, to keep that differentiation. And um, uh, typically the two to eight product would go um, uh, with Skelton and uh, the ambient product, which is more vol voluminous, uh, it, it would go with ATS. Uh, and um, you know the business has the credo business uh, you know, kind of can cannibalized a little bit of their business uh, because the credo you can put a courier shipment inside a credo box, but uh, when you're distributing to uh, when you're shipping to a to a distributor. Um, uh, they typically go in, you know, on a skid. Um, uh, they also uh, they have a long-standing relationship with Canada Blood Services and EMA Quebec. Uh, they understand how to how to manage blood products. Um, it's uh, it's 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 slightly different approach. Uh, you, you know, you're talking about product that has zero tolerance for. Spoilage, um, and they have you know great experience with that. Uh, they also have government contracts, which uh, I'm only getting my feet wet in government contracts right now because of the COVID vaccines. Uh, but um, they have that experience with having 
doing the vaccine, the flu vaccines in, in various provinces um, uh, from that um, uh, in the past and, and presently, for that matter. So that um, so from a from a customer standpoint, hopefully I answer your question. I'm rambling on here, Conark. Uh, you know, a lot of similar clients, uh, and it's you know it's on the transportation side of things. They they are similar contract in terms of uh, of uh, term and uh, uh, and the likes. Yeah, no, that's really helpful, Michael. Thank you. Um, and maybe just uh, on on U.S. operations they have versus the Canadian operations. So it looks like their EBDA uh, per truck in the U.S. is is quite low when you compare that to Canada. Um, now, curious as to um, in your due diligence, if you figured out if there's something unique to that, uh, be it uh, the scale uh, being smaller in the U.S. Uh, compared to the market size there, or, or this pricing is much different, or the cost structure, or is there anything else that you can uh, offer? Thanks. Yeah, like you know, I, I, USA is a, is is a uh, is a their fastest growing part of their business. They have a bit of a warehousing operation. The obviously the Canadian Canadian business uh, on the transport side. Um, um, uh, this this is their fastest, mostly on the truckload side though. Uh, 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 this the U.S. business is very fragmented. Um, and I don't know, I don't have the stats, uh, but it is extremely fragmented, probably because, Conark, the, the, the regulations are not as strict uh, in the U.S. as they are in Canada. Having said that, when you're moving two to eight product, uh, there's, there's you know, like I said, there's a high value uh, product in, in these. So there's zero tolerance for failure. Um, and that's where they, they, you know, they basically take, grab the attention. I guess it was a, a need, maybe because there was a driver uh, driver shortage uh, in the U.S. for a period of time, uh, and also the fact that their QA standards are such that you know I think over time we we will see uh, U.S. government go you know creep up to the standards of what Canada has, what Europe has. Um, and um, um, and that will be more attractive uh, for a company like Skelton or HG companies to uh, to be able to to uh, uh, to grow from there. But it's a it's a big market. There's, you know, the the margins aren't as great, and part of it is the learnings uh, of it. Um, uh, so. Uh, like I said, we, we, we're going to learn the business, and we will adapt and grow it like we have successfully done at AHG uh, over the years. I appreciate the color. Uh, thanks a lot. I'll turn it over. Thank you, Corner. Your next question comes from Walter Franklin from RBC. Walter, please go ahead. I think that's me. Uh, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Mr. Franklin. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Hi, Walter. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah, a couple of questions just on skeleton, and then one on your on your uh, on your organic growth. So, uh, you, you mentioned they were pulled, but you weren't pulled. So, can you can you, I, I just want to understand what factors were pulling them? Did you just was it out of uh, caution? Was it out of the the? I know a lot of lot, lot of uh, your peers talk about 
you know, the shark tank that's down there in the U.S. and how they kind of want to avoid it, but then some of your peers are having good success uh, growing into that market now. So really just curious as to, uh, or, or was it just a, a, a service offering that was different that Skelton offered that you didn't that led to it to be more attractive in, in, in U.S. markets? Just curious as to why they went down U.S. and you haven't up until now, and I, I know it sounds like you, you will certainly look at that now, but just curious as to, uh, as to that background. Yeah, a, uh, thanks, Walter. A couple of reasons, uh, and you, actually you, you said at the last part of your question, uh, they have a service offering uh, that we don't have, and that's truckload at two to eight degrees. Um, they they offer it. They do it. They do it, you know, for Canadian blood services. Uh, actually, in some cases, they have to send a whole truck with only half a load because of the value of the product. Um, but that that's they we don't have that service offering. That need was is 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 there in the United States uh, and. Um, and uh, the you know the, the the customers that they have here were asking uh, if we they could they could uh, fill that need. Uh, so that's exactly a service offerings uh, on on the and on the two to eight uh, business, which is uh, which they which they dominate here in Canada as well. Um, I might add. Um, uh, and 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 from my perspective, you know. Uh, uh, we've grown Canada very uh, successfully. Uh, it's and very focused, uh, and there was always, you know, a, a lot of runway to continue to grow in Canada. So to me, I was I was comfortable in going where I'm. I am comfortable, and and can uh, uh, can can provide the service. Uh, so that was uh, that was another maybe uh, reason why I wasn't looking at the U.S. And you didn't mention any synergies. Um, you know, they, they were running a good margin business anyway. Uh, you know, should, should we just build in the same margin and leave it at that? I'll let you guys do whatever you want to do. <laughs> uh, we, we, we have budgeted on, on that basis. Um, having said that, if I, you know, if, if there wasn't uh, travel restrictions and lockdowns and all, we would all be together together. Uh, I don't know. Maybe having a couple of beers and and and, uh, and a big napkin uh, to to look at the opportunities uh, between you know uh, the the executive team uh, at a at AHG and and and, uh, and Skelton and we would probably fill that napkin uh, on both sides uh, and you know certainly because they have that truckload when, when they have. Uh, when they're in Vancouver and need to come back home quicker, uh, we we will be able to fill that void uh, and and uh, uh, and help help them out. Uh, we have 20 plus facilities across the country. Uh, they were, they're running out of one you know one facility, well, two 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 facilities, Montreal and Toronto. Um, you know, there's an opportunity for them to use our facilities. Um, um, and consolidate and, and, and have better payloads as well, uh, leaving out of Toronto. There's a, a variety of, of opportunities that are there that Skelton can take advantage of, of, the, uh, uh, of the AHG services that they have now. Uh, IT is an area where uh, I feel that they've lagged behind 
so certainly the IT support uh, uh, is there. The interesting part is that we have, you know, we obviously the, 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 we sent out the press release and both skeleton uh, uh, sales and ATS sales got on the phones and 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 after after all the employees were were, were addressed and it's been it's been overwhelmingly positive. Um, and, and I think the reasons I just mentioned are, are one of those, uh, you know, are, are one of the reasons why, why it's, uh, because obviously we will, we will try to make the skeleton product even better than it is today because of the, the network that we have. So, uh, those are the synergies. It's not about, there's no, there's no synergy in my opinion. There's no, this is only going to drive growth. So there's absolutely zero synergies with respect to people. Um, uh, like I said, it's going to be separate brand, uh, and it, you know it, they are they have their service offering is is uh, is different than ATS's or ATS dedicated. Um, so um, that's where we're looking forward. So, however you want to do, maybe at the end of the year we'll we'll know better, uh, and hopefully I can under promise and over deliver for you. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, in terms of your acquisition pipeline, uh, you know, Skelton was one of the bigger ones. You know, barring a couple regionals now, you've got some pretty attractive paper to put put to work and a, and, and, a, and a nice you know balance sheet to, to support it. Does that mean now either you go into kind of adjacent businesses in Canada, or do you now redirect all opportunities now into U.S. acquisitions if you were to in terms of your acquisition strategy? Yeah, I mean, we, we've, we've been focusing here on the transportation side, the specialized transportation side. Um, certainly on the 3PL side and the co-packaging side, uh, we see, we see uh, opportunities. Um, we just launched uh, later uh, this year organically uh, um, um, quality consulting services uh, led by Julie Carrier. Uh, that's already getting some traction. Uh, we've got our importer uh, a record, importer record li- license. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, and we uh, that's allowing new molecules coming to Canada to be able to to get them, uh, you know, uh, assimilated to the Canadian government, uh, Canadian government healthcare requirements, uh, logistics, etc. So that, that's. Those are type of initiatives that are uh, that are uh, probably low hanging fruit from an acquisition standpoint in Canada. Um, uh, you know, I'm 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 cautious. I, I mean, I love I love our where we are from a balance sheet standpoint. Uh, we were, you know, and uh, Peter was presenting to the board, and you know, we recognize that if we do things right uh, by the end of the year. Um, which we intend to do, uh, we will be in the same cash position uh, in December 2021 that we were in in, in December uh, 2019 when we IPO'd, uh, uh, with a much larger book of business and uh, twice the EBITDA. Uh, so we're 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 excited about uh, where we stand, and and we're we know we'll have powder to look at these opportunities uh, both north and south of the border. Okay, great. Just last one for me here. You had given guidance of low double-digit uh, organic in your logistics and distribution division for 2021, if my notes are right, and, and mid to high 
2021 for your ground transportation? Any reason why on an organic basis, uh, now that we're one quarter later, those two, those two numbers would have changed or, or might even be a little bit higher? No reason. No. I mean, unless you're, cons- unless you're consuming more Advil these days or uh, twice as much Advil or, or prescriptions or the likes, uh, we're, we're at the realm of, of consumption, uh, really. Uh, I mean, we're hoping that, uh, you know, with COVID uh, hopefully relaxing, uh, you know, we, st- we still have customers that are having a hard time through this uh, pandemic, uh, particularly on the, th- uh, on the logistics side of things. Um, uh, when we look at our numbers, their numbers year over year. Um, and I think, you know, uh, and even nature that people are staying at home, they're, while it might be a toll on the mental health standpoint, they're not going out there and getting injured and going to the hospital and, and uh, having to get you know, drugs to, to fix them and, and the like. So um, that's, uh, uh, that's just an observation. Okay. Thanks for, very much for the time, as always. Thank you, Mr. Franklin. <laughs> Your next question comes from uh, Maggie McDougall from Stifle. Maggie, please go ahead. Good morning. Good morning, Maggie. Um, so, quick question: uh, Post this acquisition of Skelton, um, are you able to provide us with an updated idea of what your market share is in Canada? For example, you've referenced in the past that about 30% of the pharmaceutical product in Canada is touched by Amwell. So, I'm wondering, you know, if, if there's a meaningful change in that metric resulting from the acquisition. Uh, I think you're talking about the logistics number being 30% uh, that we warehouse and distribute uh, on behalf of Canada. That's not going to change much. The warehousing that Skelton does is more uh, you know, value-add services like packaging and the likes for you know, uh, the Sanofis of the world and the like, uh, so it's not the actual um, drugs. Um, the... the um, um, the, on the transport side, I, I think we'll probably uh, uh, encompass pretty much touch every phar- pharmaceutical because the ones that we didn't, uh, Skelton did have. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, doesn't mean it's 100% of the product. Um, uh, you know, uh, there are other means locally and the likes that they that they, they can so choose. Uh, it's very difficult, Maggie, to to know what the the market share is. It just depends what you know what denomination you're looking at. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, um, but it, it's definitely uh, as I see it, it actually widens our moat um, and, uh, where we sit. Okay, thanks. Um, Second question here is on uh, Skelton's U.S. margin. Um, you mentioned that it's lower than the AHG consolidated margin, and I'm just wondering if that's a market-driven dynamic in terms of you know where the pricing and the cost sits at in that U.S. market, or or if it's because this is a new business relative to the existing um, Canadian operations and 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 it's growing really quickly, so it just hasn't achieved scale yet. Yeah, Maggie, it's a good good observation. Uh, it, it's both. You're absolutely right. It, it's uh, um, certainly the truckload business is more commodity based, 
uh, having said that, you know, uh, from a quality standpoint, and you're talking about, you know, uh, skeleton moving trailers that are, you know, uh, worth over two hundred thousand dollars that have, uh, you know, reefers uh, uh, that two reefers on a on a on a trailer. So if one goes down, the other one uh, kicks in. Um, uh, very specialized equipment. Uh, obviously, when you're dealing with a company like Canadian Blood Services, you're, you're, you don't like there's zero tolerance for for failure. Um, uh, so, but it is still commodity based. It's truckload uh, uh, product. Um, these pharmaceutical companies or distributors are you decided are, are are now deciding that they want a higher standard uh, because it's available, uh, and that and that's how they're growing. Uh, the truckload business, uh, you know, throws things like empty miles uh, into the mix. Um, you know, Alain Bedard and his group could probably, uh, you know, uh, tell us more about that. But we know that that's 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 uh, that's a, a key performance indicator in driving margin. Uh, if your trucks are always full, um, and uh, so that's. That's and then and there's the learnings. Obviously, that's you know uh, you say yes and and then you realize okay, well that's that's maybe not a good good idea to be going that distance. Uh, I know that they had I uh, was talking to Ron uh, Skelton a couple of days ago uh, and he was mentioning to me that uh, I think they had a handful of trucks stuck in Houston. Um, um, Obviously, with the with the disaster that's, that's happened there, with um, so uh, to answer your question, uh, a bit of both. Uh, so that, that's why there's going to be some learnings on it. It's 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 still accretive, uh, still profitable, and they're only getting better um, mm-hmm. in, in this market. Yeah. Okay, and then just one final question on Skelton. Um, it's interesting to me that you know the states that they're operating in California, Illinois, Georgia, North Carolina um, there's not really necessarily a straight line between those regions and so I'm curious I guess sort of the genesis of how that occurred and then um, if there is a bit of an opportunity to think about bootstrapping into neighboring areas. Yeah, and that's probably a question I'd have to ask uh, Andy Skelton, uh, who runs uh, the USA. But uh, uh, from from what I gather, we gathered it's the, that's where the distributors are. Um, that's where um, the the uh, the ph- uh, pharmaceutical cus- customers are. Um, so if you're picking up and going to Point, or uh, you know, and you're going to uh, UPS Healthcare, uh, in essence, you. You'd be going to Georgia um, um, or other points, uh, I, you know. So those those are you know, basically looking at the business the book of business that they have today and 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 the states that they're hitting. Um, but that's that's customer demand uh, that's driving that. Okay. Okay. One final question. Um, you mentioned in your comments a few different things that you're working on with, with regards to the Canadian COVID vaccine. Um, first of all, when am I going to get a vaccine? <laughs> um, uh, no, what I'm actually wondering is, um, is uh, you know, in the past, we've, we've kind of talked about this opportunity as being something that you view as almost sort of Ann Lauer's responsibility as a good, good corporate citizen um, to provide this service. And 
and that it, it, it could be, you know, tens of millions of, of revenue or less. Um, are you able to give us some indication as to what type of impact we should expect from the warehousing, credo, you know, helping with the, the distribution through public health in a couple provinces? I think that would just be really helpful to sort of have that directional indication. Yeah, uh, Maggie, I wish I could tell you, give you the answer, uh, but just like this, this fact is very fluid. Uh, the decision-making process is also fluid, and it ranges from province to province. And you, you, you see it in the media. Sometimes the media, in my opinion, over-exaggerates. Uh, I think there's a lot more organization than people think. Uh, but there's a lot of, uh, you know, this vaccine is switching a lot, of, going to a lot of hands. And 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 um, I remember when we when we put our bid in uh, with. Uh, McKesson to for the federal uh, bid, uh, it was basically on the premise that you'd only touch it once, um, and we had the capability of doing that. Uh, obviously, people didn't didn't recognize that maybe because we didn't have foot on the ground in in Belgium, where where uh, you know uh, other international players do uh, with their own planes, but. And we thought perhaps cargo jet near Canada would be would would be a good complement. But uh, with that being said, uh, and it's easy to, you know, it's easy to uh, uh, be the Monday morning quarterback uh, on this. But the reality is that the, the, this vaccine is coming in uh, from the federal government to the provincial governments. The provincial governments are going to turn around and 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 allocate it to their their. Uh, provincial health units, uh, uh, you know, who know their demographics uh, very well, and then there's a priority selection in terms of who gets it. And it sounds by your your voice, Maggie, that you're not going to get it for a long time, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, or you'll be one of the last ones. Uh, but with that being said, uh, uh, it's very fluid. We don't know. We're here to support it. Uh, we were contracted. Uh, um, just recently to to warehouse and and uh, and transport the product uh, uh, the, the vaccines um, and uh, we're very proud uh, we're excited uh, we have all hands on deck um, we're um, um, we're probably the only people who can provide that type of visibility uh, quality assurance we have you know we have a we have uh, the capacity. We have a uh, uh, just in our Vaughn facility alone. We have a minus twenty freezer that can can handle over five million vaccines. Uh, we have the same one in Calgary. Uh, we have the ULT. Uh, uh, we handle Pfizer's distribution today. We handle AstraZeneca's distribution today. Uh, there's a lot of compelling reasons why we're able to to uh, uh, to support it. Uh, we've been. Uh, tasked by you know local regions, uh, you know whether you want repeal or, or like to 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 help them out when the vaccines come in to distribute. Uh, the Credo uh, packaging has been a, uh, probably the big the big star of the show because of the validation, the fact that this product can be stored at minus 20 and open and closed uh, in you know small quantities, even though you can put 4,000 vaccines in a in a Credo box. Um, uh, so 
we're working. We're, we're here to support government. Um, uh, certainly in Ontario, there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of discussion. Uh, Alberta as well, and um, um, and it's and our executive team is is you know, is involved on a daily basis uh, on it. Not that it's distracting away from our core business, uh, but it, to me, it's it's we got to you know, we have to be able to support this, and and that's uh, we're ready for it. So what the numbers fall out, I have no clue, uh, and, and but it won't be that material. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Your next question comes from Stephen Kwai from National Bank. Stephen, please go ahead. Hey guys. Good morning. Uh, thanks for taking my questions. Uh, I'm just calling in for entry and uh, congrats on the quarter here. Uh, just moving back to skeleton. I just want to confirm, did you say that uh, there was a pretty significant overlap uh, between you guys and uh, their clients, uh, and as well, like, would you be able to give kind of a quantifying number on uh, possible volumes that you're getting from them? Thanks. Uh, the overlap question, I, the answer is yes. And what was the second? Quantifying what? Uh, just volumes, incremental volumes, I guess. Uh, well, uh, I think we can talk about revenues, but I don't know, I, I don't know what volumes you're talking about. Uh, sorry, I, I don't want to mean to. Um, no, no, we, right. we, uh, we posted we posted the financial uh, incremental volume from a do, you know, dollar standpoint. I don't know what you're referring to. What what you know? What metric? What metric? Yeah, that, that's fine. Yeah, the, the okay. revenues are, are good. Um, and just uh, another question on the acquisition. Um, you guys are already like pretty big in Canada. So does this raise any concerns with the uh, competition bureau at all uh, after this acquisition or no? No, in the whole scheme of things, we are a small player in the courier and, uh, and, and, and transportation industry in Canada. Okay, great. And um, I saw you guys uh, mentioned about implementing uh, the Texas system um, just wondering, does that complement your current uh, Phoenix system, and uh, what's the implementation timeline on that? Yeah, that's a good question, Stephen. Uh, it's it's probably our biggest investment into our logistics uh, for this year. Uh, we we uh, uh, came with an agreement to switch from uh, Red Prairie um, uh, to um uh texas uh this summer uh implementation is going uh, to plan um and uh we look forward to bringing on our first client uh in may of this year uh so so far everything's going to plan uh as we see from a from an investment in upgrading our warehouse management system uh, Phoenix is is uh, complementary to it, uh, and uh, that's that with respect to Texas. Okay, perfect. And uh, on the uh, flu vaccine, um, you know this this flu season was pretty weak, but there's also higher uh, flu vaccinations. Did these uh, have any impact on the quarter, or um, did these just like offset each other? 
pretty hard to say. I think uh, one of our customers uh, in Montreal, which has a contract for flu vaccines in Quebec, uh, has that for many years. Uh, she was telling me that it's 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 way down. So um, um, as is travel vaccines, uh, but I, I really can't really quantify that. I mean, I um, don't know. But it has it, it, it's not affecting us. Okay, perfect. And uh, just the last one for me. Um, so uh, I know you mentioned the Ontario contract uh, for COVID. Um, and I just want to confirm, you also said there might be potential opportunities for Alberta as well. And uh, are there any other provinces that you might be able to, um, to, uh, to deal with at all? Uh, if we do, it would be indirectly. I think uh, uh, the McKessons of the world with the, with the, with the distribution capabilities and, and the retail network that they have are, are best positioned uh, particularly for the smaller demographic provinces, um, uh, but they so they and and then you know we're doing a lot of dedicated delivery on their behalf. Uh, we've had a lot of orders of Credo from uh, the retail sec- sector. Uh, I'm going to say retail. I'm, I'm I'm I should say our client sector, um, including NMR. Uh, and so uh, we we've uh, so we would we would touch it indirectly, uh, but we wouldn't be tasked to warehouse and transport uh, directly like we have been in, in Ontario and and some cases well, Alberta still uh, still but we're doing work for Alberta Health right now, uh, but uh, that's still decision making time. Okay, great. Thanks. That's all my questions. Thanks, Stephen. We have another question from Kornark Gupta from Scotia Bank. Please go ahead. Hey, uh, thanks uh, for taking my follow-up. Uh, just one, uh, finally, on Skelton. Uh, um, do they do they own or lease their fleet and facilities uh, anywhere on the network? And uh, if they do, what do you what do you plan for the capex uh, this year for them? I'm going to take a breather. I'm going to let Peter answer. No. <laughs> So, uh, good morning, Connor. The, uh, the, the, the business model in the U.S. is, is a lease model, um, and, uh, but here in Canada, the equipment is, is owned. Um, and so, you know, when we talk about our own CapEx, we, we, we talk about kind of one to three million of growth CapEx and one to three million of, of uh, maintenance CapEx a, a year. Um, and the Skelton uh, Canada model probably runs between three and five million of capex uh, on an annual basis. So it's okay. kind of a similar spend, but but that's uh, but the fleet and and trailers are owned up here in Canada. That, that's very helpful. Thank you. There are no further questions at this time. Please proceed. Well, thank you, everybody. Uh, like I said. Uh, before it's been, it's been a, uh, it's been a real successful year. Great learning. Um, we've been able to execute all our strategies uh, uh, in our in our first full year, uh, and uh, I'm extremely proud of uh, all the employees, uh, and the drivers, and owner operators who have allowed us to continue to 
move along uh, safe, safely, and uh, taking care and taking care of our customers. I'm uh, looking forward to uh, an equally good 2021. We're off to a good start, and uh, thank you for your support. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating and ask that you please disconnect your line. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.